This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. If I wasn't like bending my legs enough for like a forehand or a shot, I wasn't getting low enough. He would make me walk. This is so bad. He would make me walk on my knees from the baseline to the net. So I would do that or he heard that I would be scared of the dark. So he made me run around in Miami. There's like this place called Crandon Park and it's this big tennis center where the Miami Open used to be. And they would turn off the lights and he'd make me run in the dark. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hi, Chanel. Thanks for coming on my podcast. Thanks for finally having me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we recorded this podcast two days ago, and... The audio footage completely messed up. So I have this new podcast equipment, which is a lot easier to travel with. It's a lot easier to like record with guests. Like I like doing more casual episodes. It's just like sitting on a couch. And, like, yeah. I don't know. It just feels better. But I didn't realize that this Zoom pack that I record with, it has batteries. So I thought that I didn't need to charge it. But apparently I need to charge it, even though it also has batteries. So... I didn't realize that it died and then the audio footage was awful and we want to bring good content to you. So we have to re-record. Yeah. But the episode was so good. So I'm really excited. We are in North Carolina right now. We're on a girl's trip in Charlotte. So I'm from Charlotte. I wanted to bring everyone here because one, it's a pretty cheap trip for all of us. Like, yeah, we're staying at my sister's house. We're, you know, going to my family's place. Like I have a car here. So it's nice coming here and like none of them have I mean you've been here before but not like I didn't get to explore around I was here for like a tennis tournament but now it's like it worked out that we all could be here together and take time off of work and yeah yeah and also it's hard enough to get seven girls to hang out on a weekend in Miami like all at the same time so the fact that we could like plan an actual trip is crazy and I'm trying to get like more content with my friends just because I feel like I have such a good group of friends in Miami. And that's like the number one question that I get asked is like, how do you make friends as an adult? How do you make friends in your 20s? And so I also feel like you're (laughs) really good at this because Chanel and I met a year ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A year ago that we met. And Chanel is probably the friendliest person (laughs) you will ever meet. Like, just so, so, so friendly. So, one, I want to share, like, 
the story about how we met because it's so funny. So I've been following Nat for, I feel like, quite some time now on YouTube. And I saw that she had just moved to Miami. And so I followed her on Instagram and I, I DM'd her and I was like, hey, if you ever, because you just moved, I would love to like hang out, grab coffee, play tennis. And we were like planning on it. And then one day I was in Brickle and I was making... I saw her like walking down the street and I was like, wait, that's Natalie. Like, I have to say hi. Like, this is this is my chance to be friends with Natalie. So then I like swerved and made a U-turn and I was like, Nat, like, hi. Brickle, which if you don't know Miami, Brickle is like a city. Like, it is a downtown. Yeah. Like, very congested. Like, lots of cars. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I gotta, I gotta make my first move. So I was like, Nat, as if I knew her, as yeah. if we were like besties. So I'm like walking down the street and I just like, hear someone yelling my name and I'm like, who is like calling me? And it's this me? girl in a Jeep and she's like rolling down her window. She's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> who is this? And, and then, then I, was, I like came close yeah. to the door and I realized it was you. Yeah. And then you had like an upcoming Rella event that I RSVP'd to. And so that was like a week or two later. And then so I went to that. And then I met other girls that I'm now friends with, but also your friends, like Gigi, Catherine. Was Caroline there? Yeah, Caroline was there. And then uh, Connor, kind of. But yeah, I've met like a lot of people at that event. And then we just started hanging out. I also didn't know that we also went to the same church. Mm -hmm. So that was also like a good connection that we had. And then one of her, so Catherine, our other friend, she also plays tennis. So that was like another connection, but it's like a small world. But yeah, yeah, I'm happy I made a move and like said hello. Yeah, which I think I'm like the opposite where I want to be more like that because I will like avoid eye contact with people. <laughs> or like, I don't know. I just feel like, oh, they probably don't know who I am or they're, I just don't want to go up to people and say hi. I'm very opposite of you with that. I think I definitely like worked my way towards it. I think I was reading this book one time and it's like, just getting to know people and like learning about them and their history, how they ended up in Miami and just meeting people. I think it like elevates your life. I wish I was more like that. I think I'm just like scared to go up to people and say hi. Like I'm like awkward. Like I don't know. I'm awkward too. I don't awkward know. I'm so awkward. But <laughs> Natalie's really good at speaking to the camera and like doing interviews like this and just like filming herself and being like you're so natural at it talking to the camera like I feel like super awkward doing that so I think we both have those qualities that we can yeah we can work on yeah <laughs> yeah if it's a camera I'm like oh yeah like if this is going up to thousands of people like I don't care I can talk to anyone yeah. but then when it's in real life and I'm like talking to you I yeah. get like super nervous that's so funny and awkward and I, I feel know. like super awkward talking but yeah but yeah no you have to I think when you're moving to a new place because Chanel, you, I mean, you you grew up in Miami, but like you were homeschooled for a long time. Yeah. So did you have a lot of like friends? No, I had no friends. I had one friend who that from middle school, because I was homeschooled from seventh grade on. I had one friend that didn't play tennis, but most of my other friends were either like international or in another state. So I literally had no friends because you usually meet your friends at school. I was on court pretty much. That was my whole life. So my friends were mainly all tennis. So after college, so I went to UCLA and I just, I don't know, I just said I should like make more of an effort to like put myself out there and go to like different events and do different things. And that's how I usually make my friends just try to make an effort to say yes to activities because like YOLO. Girl. Oh yeah, I love it. 
I love like learning about everything. Any activity Chanel's there. I'm down. But I like to do it with friends. Like I don't like being But alone. you'll meet people. Like if I go to an event, like I'm not meeting people really. Like I'm like staying in my circle. Like whenever Connor and I go to networking events, there's no point in going because I stick to his side the whole time. Like we just talk to each mm. other and we like hope people come up to us. Like we're not out yeah. networking with other people and like, going up and saying hi. Like that's just like not my yeah. But you're good at like going to something like whether it's pickleball or a Barella event or something like that and like actually like making a point to meet people. Yeah. I think it's just interesting to actually get to know a person and what they like and then like how they ended up in the same spot as you that day. I just I think that's just interesting. Story. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to go back to your childhood because Chanel is a pro tennis player. And so I one could not be more opposite because I did not grow up with sports. Like I was not an athlete. I never really played sports growing up. And so we could not have had more opposite childhoods. Yeah. I think. Like you being. You're, you're an engineer major, right? At school, yeah. you're like super smart. Like you, so I mean, smart. No, like for me, it's just like I would go to school and I would like come home. I would do my homework and then I would like do like little hobbies but none of them involved sports so yeah we are pretty extreme but very different so Chanel was homeschooled growing up for the most part but I want to go back even like before then when did you start playing tennis like how old were you and did you try out other things or did you like stick to tennis right away and like that was what you knew that you were good at So I started when I was six because my parents wanted an activity for me to do in the summer. I'm the only child. So they're like, okay, let's look for something that's close by that Chanel would enjoy. And they were watching tennis on the TV on ESPN. And then they took me to the local club. And I remember stepping onto the court. I like from that very moment, I was like, okay, I want to beat everyone. And I think because I had that mindset at a young age, I improved quickly and then I started playing tournaments and then I did the 10 and unders, the 12 and unders, 14s, 16s, 18s. And I, yeah, I was top in the nation. And because of that, I was able to get like free training through the USTA, which is our federation. But I just picked up tennis. Well, I did tennis and then gymnastics. Oh, I and did gymnastics. For a little bit. And then ice skating. What's a little bit? Like, I want to say maybe for a summer. Oh, like how long did you ice skate for? For a summer. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> so not <that> long. <laughs> yeah, not that long. I think my parents just saw like a future with tennis if they were going to like pay for all the lessons. And I really enjoyed it. So I stuck to that. And I started training like almost as a pro at like age 10 or 11, honestly, like at a young age. Wow. And at age six, when you said that you like want to get on the court and you want to like beat everyone, were you always I mean, at age six, like always, you probably don't remember yourself at like three, four, five. But like, was that something that your parents told you? Like when your parents took you to tennis lessons, were they like, you're going to beat everyone? Or did no. you just like have that feeling? I had that. They didn't tell me anything. Like I just remember having that feeling myself when I first went to the tennis club. And then as I kept on excelling, I think within that year, they're like, oh, okay. Because the coaches kept on telling my parents apparently that like Chanel's like really, really good for her age. But it was all me at first. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it came from. I, I'm not really sure. I think from watching from that day, watching tennis on TV and seeing how like intense they were. And I just wanted to be exactly like them. So yeah, it was like US Open playing on TV or something. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that some people are just naturally competitive. Yeah. I, oh my God. I'm so competitive at everything. It's almost like too much. But yeah, that's like one of my <laughs> things. 
Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz-free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. When you started like playing at six years old, like were you just wanting to win or were you actually... Did you actually like the sport? Like, do you actually like playing or was Oh, I loved playing. Well, no, I loved playing and then I loved winning. So (laughs) I loved it all. Like, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Did you win like everything at that age? Because like you're playing with like babies, you know? And I mean, you're, yeah, I took it seriously. But like, if you're competitive at six, like I, yeah. Well, I mean, at six, so like 
I would say eight years old is what I like really started to take it seriously. Like I was telling you that I would train before elementary school and then I would leave early. I would leave PE. I would, I couldn't go to, I mean, yeah, field trips were to my parents. They were like a waste of time. So like I would play tournaments instead. Yeah. I sacrificed a lot starting at a young age. Yeah. So what was your normal schedule like when you were in school? So before you got pulled out, before you were homeschooled, how old were you and what did your day look like that little? So I started being homeschooled at seventh grade. But before that, my schedule would be like get up at six, six thirty, train before my first class from like seven to eight and then eight thirty start class or something and then leave. My parents would pick me up from school at like 2 p.m. or like one thirty, and I wouldn't be able to do P.E. And then I would go straight to training for like two hours. And like the training was it wasn't like beginner stuff it was like I was literally training as a pro because my coach at the time was super he was really strict like I definitely had tough love at a young age which I don't really recommend like starting that young you need a balance but my coach was really tough what do you mean by like I can imagine what you mean by like having a tough coach but what are some like examples of like oh let me tell you okay like do you know what clay court is mm-hmm. versus hard court? Yeah. Okay. So example, if I wasn't like bending my legs enough for like a forehand or shot, I wasn't getting low enough. He would make me walk. This is so bad. He would make me walk on my knees from the baseline to the net. Yeah. I'm like, and the clay court is like, it's like grindy. Like if you walk on your knees, it is like painful. So I would do that. Or he heard that I would be scared of the dark. So he made me run around in Miami. There's like this place called Crandon Park. And it's this big tennis center where the Miami Open used to be. And they would turn off the lights and he'd make me run in the dark. It was tough. Were you like traumatized? Kind of, yeah. But it made me, I mean, it did make me tougher. But also my parents were both immigrants and my dad was in the military. So like I already had like a pretty strong mindset. But like, yeah, my coach was really, really tough, which is why like that balance is important, especially at a young age, because if not, then you'll get burnt out by the time you're 16, which is kind of what happened to me when I was like 18, like 17, 18. I was like pretty burnt out mentally. But luckily, I was able to get a full scholarship to UCLA. I didn't want to miss out on the college experience because I was homeschooled. I missed out on that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. When you were in school and you were getting pulled out early and you were like not being able to do PE and you're training before, did your other classmates like get it or were they like why is Chanel like leaving school early or like why is she not doing this or was that just like not even talked about I mean yeah I was known as like the tennis girl at school and I always like morning announcements I'd like come in and bring my trophies and like they literally yeah I mean like your the school was like I didn't have to do it but like they I was just always I was missing so much school because of tournaments and like everyone knew me as like the tennis tennis girl remember the comment that was like 16 years later he's like oh like we had someone commented on my photo and he was like from elementary school like he knew me as a tennis girl and then 16 years later he like asked to play tennis with me but literally that was like my identity my whole life and I feel like more than yeah more than that I don't know why he's like 16 years later but long time yeah at this point yeah I guess that would be like elementary school yeah yeah it's so funny yeah I think it's so strange that one, that comment is just very strange. Yeah, that was, that was like, elementary like school? not hi, how are you? It's just like, do you remember me from elementary school? We were supposed to play tennis together. <laughs> you literally? No, yeah. I don't remember you from elementary yeah. school. Yeah. Like, 
but I don't even remember my teacher's name from elementary school. I'm not gonna remember yeah. and I'm kid. <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty much what I was known as my whole life. But it's fine. I've tennis like opened up so many doors for me. It's actually crazy. Like that's why I always recommend I mean obviously I'm a little bit biased, but I always recommend people like for their kids to just get into tennis because it's it's more than just a sport. You learn so many things off court, like discipline and mental toughness. And then you build all these connections even after like junior tennis. Mm-hmm. Were there ever times when you were that young playing that you like wanted to quit or were burnt out even at like a super young age, like maybe even before you went pro or did your parents encourage you to stay in it or kind of what was your mental state that young, like 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old? Yeah, I because I wasn't the only child, my parents and then obviously my parents being immigrants, like usually and Asian, they're they're really strict. And my dad was in the military. So I did have tough parents. Like I remember sometimes I would lose matches and I would have to do reps, like shadow reps in front of the mirror. Like so a shadow rep is like basically my parents had a mirror and like I would have to do like a technique swing like over and over again. Oh really? Yeah. Like you're not gonna be like top and this happens for a lot of top athletes I feel like you have to have like tough love and so my parents definitely gave that to me but so yeah of course like I was definitely I had times where I was over it and I was like burnt out especially when I was like later 17 18 I was like sometimes I didn't even want to be on court but they weren't to the point where like it was like toxic like I've heard of relationships where like the parents some of them would go to jail like yeah they would like beat their kids in the parking lot yeah oh yeah junior tennis yeah that is crazy for losing for yeah and then like sometimes they would force kids to like try to cheat how do you cheat like in a match for example there's a ball that's in and they'll call it out just to get a point and then change up the score or stuff like that and I just remember like I was fortunate enough to have like parents that were tough but like not to the point where they're like beating me up yeah wow how would you recommend a balance though because like you said to go pro you kind of have to have tough love mm-hmm. like unfortunately you probably won't make it pro if you don't have you yeah you need that plan and at a young age how do you get disciplined by being tough yeah but like you said there's a line and yeah. there's you were mentioning that like you don't even recommend some of those things because like yeah. you think that there should be a balance so if you had a balance what would that look like and if you had the balance that you wish you had yeah or that you would do with your kids do you think that you would have still been pro like do you think it would have been beneficial I think so I would definitely want like if I were to do it again for like my future kid I would want them to have like other activities that they can do it doesn't it could be other sports or like another like dancing or something because if you keep doing something every day for like multiple hours to the point where it's like like twice a day and you're, you're not with friends like you're gonna get burnt out so I think spending more time with friends or just other activities especially and I wouldn't start training as a pro until like 15 maybe mm-hmm. like 14 to say 17 I think are like good years to start training as a pro not I wouldn't start training as a pro at like nine years old that's like too much and that's what you were doing mm-hmm. yeah yeah I would also work on introducing like the mindset of the mental toughness in sport at a younger age because I like had sports psychologists but it was like once a week or something they would speak to me like I don't know I'd have I do like a certain way mm-hmm. that it wasn't yeah. how you would have like it wasn't enough you think uh, check a box yeah it was like I didn't feel like it was super impactful mm-hmm. yeah yeah I feel like also back then like 15 20 years ago yeah like, 
it was not as com- like therapy and like yeah. mental health no. was like not talked about at all. Mm-mm, no, it was definitely not. Now in women's tennis because of Osaka, Naomi Osaka and like other players, they're speaking out about it. But our season is like December to November. So, yeah, we're going to play all year round. We're going to get burnt out. Whereas other sports like NBA or other just sports, it's like a few months. And then the rest of the time they have off. I mean, they're still training. But like tennis is so mentally. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's a lot. It's a grind. Yeah. And how do you at that age, like how do you kind of cope with like losing? Like, were you really tough on yourself when you lost a tournament or when you lost a match or? Were you like, okay, just on to the next one. Like, it's time to get better. Like, what was your mindset um, early on and how has it changed? Yeah. So in the juniors, my mindset was like, I had a lot of pressure on my shoulders because I was a, like a USTA kid. And so if you're getting free training from the Federation, it's like, of course, they want that for themselves too. So they're like, okay, if she's getting free training, she has to be producing results. Mm-hmm. So I was like super tight playing, like nervous all the time playing. I wasn't I honestly don't think I was playing my best tennis, but I still was top in the nation. But after college and playing pro and learning more about my mindset and how much of an impact it plays on your game, I think I can handle things better. But you kind of have to have like a short term mindset because anything can happen in tennis. You could have a horrible week and then the next week one match can change everything. And that's happened to me in the past where I like played awful. And then for some reason, like the next week, I was like, okay, one match, I won. It was a good win. And then you keep on getting confidence the next match, I won again. And then I ended up winning the tournament. And that tournament almost changed my life. It was like one of the biggest tournaments in junior tennis. So which one was it? The Orange Bowl. And it's like in LA. Uh, no, it's in Miami. It's in, um, yeah, it's like one of the biggest tournaments. <laughs> if you're Orange Bowl in LA, or am I making that up? You're making that up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. It's okay. <laughs> like I said, very opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my whole life I was like traveling, and I, I mean, I was fortunate because like I didn't have friends in my hometown in Miami, but I had friends like all over the world, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? Because like growing up for me my best friends are the people I went to school with you know yeah that's who you become friends with and so on the weekends or if you have a birthday party or like play dates or whatever you're just like going to their house you're riding your bike over like yeah for you when you were in Miami was the only thing you did tennis or did you have any social life like did you have cousins family like no I didn't have a social life I didn't you're the most social person right now like, Chanel is the most social person. She knows everyone. You have connections to literally anyone. You're so friendly. You go out all the time. I think that, and it's also because of tennis. If you think about it, it all stems down to tennis. Because, like, I know people that know people and because they all love tennis. It's it's kind of crazy, my connections in Miami. But I think I'm, like, super social now because I didn't have that when I was younger. Yeah. Are most people like that, though? Or do most people kind of, like, curl up into their shell? I, I think they're not, like that i think they like i don't know where i get it from i think my mom maybe but yeah i feel like most people are more closed off do your parents ever kind of like look back and say like oh we shouldn't have been that tough with you or we should you know like do they ever think back and like wish they did anything differently with like the toughness um no i don't think so anything differently with the toughness i've never spoken to them about like how they could have done things in the past differently but just like i said like having other 
activities to do at, at a younger age just to mix things up. Because if it's like the same thing over and over again for a kid, it's like too much. Mm-hmm. But I never really like had that conversation with them. Yeah. And they pulled you out of school or did you want to get pulled out of school? How what was Oh, yeah. No, that that decision was, yeah, them like leaving early because I wanted to stay for PE, but they just thought it was more beneficial for me to get more practice time in. So yeah, that I wish I stayed. But what about being homeschooled, though? Was that a joint decision? Or was that? um, Did you want to stay in school? Or were you like, no, 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 I love tennis. Like, this is what I want to do. It was both. Because initially, they were like, okay, maybe you should be homeschooled because I was missing too much school. And then I was like, yeah, I want to be homeschooled. But then I remember junior and senior year, I was like, oh, but I wish I had friends at home. And I want to go to prom and like, do all these activities. So I actually did try out for a school. I didn't really, I tried out for a school in Coconut Grove called Arts and Minds and it was a like an art school and I I actually auditioned for the like you have to have a, a talent to oh, audition so for something creative like not for tennis. Yeah, my my senior year cuz I was like I'm kind of burnt out and I want to do this and I I got in for I didn't tell anyone. I got in for singing. Wait, that's awesome. I didn't tell anyone this. Yeah. So I auditioned which is crazy. Chanel has a great voice. You put like videos it. on TikTok and I'm like, hello, I like what? Thanks. I sing. I get really shy. But it's like, oh, my God. No, I can't. You're literally carried out. Like, <laughs> can you imagine? It's like plot twist. I start singing. I like to sing in the shower. But like, <laughs> well, I don't know. We're working. School, we're so. working. Yeah. So I did that. But then it ended up I just like, I, again, too miss too much school. And then I just stayed homeschooled but that was you want to go to that school like was it just because of tennis that you didn't get in or that you didn't go yeah I was it wouldn't have worked out because I was traveling too much for tennis that's pretty much what happened that's great that you got in anyways yeah I I feel like it was good even if you didn't go to prove to yourself that like you could still do that yeah yeah it was really cool it was a really cool school in the grove and then they ended up closing down like a few years later it was such a cool think high school musical really yeah Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So when you got pulled out and you were kind of like, you know, homeschooled from seventh grade on, what was your routine and what was your schedule? So I went to boarding school. I didn't know that either. Well, it's... <laughs> Wait, okay. And this is You're like, second, who are you? This is our second time recording. Yeah. Oh my... <laughs> so I say boarding school, but it was like homeschool, but like we would have our computers at the school and it was USTA. So there's USTA and Everett in Boca. And Monday through Friday, I would stay there and I'd stay in the dorms and I would get up at like 5.30 or like 6 a.m., eat breakfast, go to fitness from 7 to 8, and then 8 to 10.30 be on court. Then after the first practice, we would get lunch. And then from like 12.30 to 2.30, we would have online school. And so we'd sit in a classroom with like our computers and we'd have one teacher, Miss Berger, loved her. You um, her all those years? Yeah. One teacher? Well, so like so, she, so she would she would watch us. She would be there, but we'd have like our own virtual teachers. Okay, in, but Miss Berger was there for but, six years. Yeah. Miss Berger, <laughs> shout out to Miss Berger. Oh my God, I love it. It's so funny that you just had like the same teacher for her. Yeah. So we did our little classes online and then from three to five, I would have practice again. And then five to six fitness, I would cry. It was so tough. It was like part of your routine. Yeah, it was so tough. Like they would push you to your limits. I did everyone. Like- everyone, yeah. No, this was tough training. This oh was like boot gosh. camp. So then from five to six, we'd have fitness, and then change, and then from like seven to nine, we would have class again. 
and then do it all. Yeah. Like online school in that classroom. Monday, Tuesday would be twice a day. Wednesday would be half day. And then we would get that's like a recovery day. And even on recovery day, we would have to get like deep tissue massages. I would cry because like they would go so deep. It was like tough. And then Thursday, Friday, twice practice twice a day. Saturday was half day. And then Sunday was off. And I do it like on repeat. And if I'm not home, I'd be ashamed. I did that for like four years. And yeah, that was my life. That I just like could not be more opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that is crazy. But I have so much respect because you were so young and yeah. so disciplined. Oh, and yeah. The fact that you went through like that much. I don't know. I, I feel like you put your body through a lot mm-hmm. mentally. It was so tough. And now that you were homeschooled for that many years, then you went to college, obviously, you went pro afterwards. But to also be the person you are today, which is like, so friendly, so kind, so Mm. outgoing, like, I'm like, if you meet Chanel, like, you would never think that like, I had no life. Yeah. (laughs) No life, no friends that you I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. I wish you guys knew like, me before even like a year and a half ago I was training as a pro and I I I like say I like didn't go out like I still haven't it's just I don't know how to explain like how my life was it's crazy so Chanel also is the person that goes out the most out of our friends I would say like she's yeah, probably. always at like club dancing she's always out with her friends she's always at a party she's on a boat she doesn't drink though I don't drink I don't drink I don't do drugs I've never yeah. yeah like nothing at all no drinking no drugs so, not even like a sip of alcohol <laughs> so is it because of growing up being this disciplined like you couldn't do that then so you've kind of like carried that over or no that's just like a separate that's a good question the reason why I don't drink I just honestly it just makes me feel sleepy and I just rather use the calories for dessert to be honest <laughs> i feel like i don't really you don't need, need it, it. No, don't i don't know it, it makes me sleep it's like the opposite effect okay yeah i just was like i wonder if it's because of those like years of being so just i mean maybe it could be like yeah that probably has some kind of correlation but i mean yeah we got like drug tested but in the past but i never did it anyways i don't know mm-hmm. yeah it's funny and then you went to college so you went to ucla you got a full scholarship yeah what was that decision like going from do I just go pro and skip college because you could have done that yeah or actually taking those four years to go to school and like play tennis there yeah so because I was top in the nation I was recruited like all these schools wanted me at a young age too was UCLA the obvious choice or were you like picking between a few I mean honestly like every school wanted me but I wanted UCLA because my coach was best friends with the assistant coach at the time. And I had that relationship with him when I was 14. It was the first school that I took an official visit to and I loved it. So I just, I really want to go there. But yeah, I was like, UCLA is, it's in LA. The weather's amazing. It has so much history. And I decided to go to college because I, again, I was homeschooled and I didn't want to miss out on another opportunity to get a full ride. Because if you get injured in tennis, it's like, you need something to fall back on. So what a lot of American tennis players do is they get, they go to college. And so that's what I did. I got a degree in history, which is <laughs> so funny. And yesterday when we were <laughs> recording this, that was the first time I learned that Chanel has a history degree. <laughs> really? Wait, what do you think? I I just like never thought about what degree you had. <laughs> I, I don't know. UCLA didn't have the greatest like options for degrees. Like our number one degree was communications. I probably should have done like psychology or like just something else but I just I love history I'm not gonna teach it like I'll teach it like for fun like friends talk about it but like 
I just like love learning about history. And I, I knew like after college, I wanted to do something either like start my own business or like work for myself. So I just I honestly just went because like I wanted the experience. Yeah. And after college, so you guys won like a bunch of things yes. in college, right? Yeah, so we were number yeah, a bunch of things. Um, we were number one in the nation. Our team was really good. We made like finals of national, the NCAAs, freshman year, and then sophomore year, we made semis, and then we won it my junior year, and then senior year, we made finals. So like we were a really good team, and then my coach was Pete Sampras' sister, Stella Sampras. But yeah, that's like the winning an NCAA championship is like the best, the highest achievement you can get in college sports. So that was one of my highlights in my career. Yeah. And then in college, since you were homeschooled for so long, now you're playing on a team, which tennis is yeah. such a solo sport. Yeah. So was there a culture shock going from being homeschooled to going to school with like tens of thousands of kids? Yeah. And also, was it a culture shock like playing on a team now instead of it being super individual? Yeah. Well, in terms of academics, I was definitely like I struggled freshman year because I also went in halfway through the year. And so it was just like going from virtual classroom to an actual lecture hall with like 200 kids. That was really stressful for me. So it was a struggle the first year. But in terms of playing for a team, like that was really refreshing because it's just more fun being a part of a team. Like everyone's encouraging you and you're not like out there on your own. But the academics part was really, really, really tough. But we had extra help, like being an athlete. We had like mandatory tutoring and like priority for classes. So that helped. But the team aspect, like I love, I'm such a team player. So I like really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. But then going back to pro, then it's like, dang, it's like back to serious. Like pro is a whole nother level of grind, like whole nother level. More than what you were doing even before. Yeah. Before it was junior tennis, like pro tennis is like everything else is a joke. Everything else is a joke and there's like pro tennis and it's like you have to be mentally, physically ready for that. Like I would have planned in advance better. You need funding for that. It's a whole nother thing. Which I didn't realize that tennis players have to fund everything. Yeah. In other sports, obviously, like if you're in the NBA, if you're in the NFL, if you're in any other league, you get paid a salary and you are guaranteed that salary for the most part. Yeah. It's not like, oh, if you win a game, then you get this money and that's it. You guys don't make money unless you win a tournament, correct? Right. Like you have to win the Well, you have to win. Well, you get money each match you win in singles or doubles. Okay. Like prize money. But that's how you you get money. If you lose first round, then that sucks. And you have to wait like a few days to the next tournament. And you pay for all your flights last minute, hotel coaching coaching is a whole nother a lot of people starting out like it's too expensive to pay for a coach yeah it's crazy travel with a coach most of the time I didn't because it's really expensive but I try to have someone travel with me whether it's my parents or friend or get a group of girls like at a tournament but if you're like with a group of girls at a tournament they're also your competition on court so there's like all these factors but are girls I mean players in general but you were playing against girls are the girls that are playing against you are they catty like are they gonna try to like sabotage you in any way or what's the dynamic like like when you're friends with them and in the same circle as them but then you're also literally yeah. competing against them so for me I'm like super super respectful I'll be like best friends with everyone off court but on the court it's business and I'm there to win but, like, there's a difference, like, I feel with the U.S. girls and then the girls that are, like, European or international, but European because, like, they want it more. I feel like 
they're more like catty. Mm-hmm. Um, but girls can definitely be like they're so like we're really emotional. But yeah, tennis can definitely bring out a lot of emotions. So like on the court, are you like let's say you're competing against your best friend? Have you competed against like yeah your best friends? Yeah. Are you like on the court? I it's like no mercy. Like you're dead to me. Like <laughs> like bye. Okay, and then afterwards, best like, friends. Okay. Like but yeah, yeah. Well, what I if mean, you lose then if I lose, I'm still like I shake their hand and I'm like nice playing. Like I'm respectful. I I think I do a good job of separating everything like i i'm not gonna be a like a bitch yeah are um, you trash talking or is there trash talk yeah there's definitely trash talk but like i definitely don't it's the trash talk like give me an example of what someone has said to you oh I've, I've had girls like come up and like shake my hand and be like i'll be you next time i'm gonna be you next time or like what do you say to that are you like okay <laughs> yeah like okay <laughs> like i don't know walk away i don't really say anything yeah, I, I don't like yeah i don't that. like confrontation um i do a pretty good job like controlling my emotions on court she's never broken a racket i learned that right recording yeah i've well, never out of anger yeah on purpose i've done because i my dad would always be like he would always want me to be on my best behavior because you never know like who's yeah. watching if it, if it's like recruiters or like sponsors but also you're like a role model to people yeah, especially when I started having like a Christian mindset with things. It's like, it's not about you. It's like also like younger girls look up to you and how you are on court, off the court. So yeah, I try to have like a good image with that. Yeah, yeah. I cannot see you trash talking anyone. No, that that's just... like too, that's low. I don't yeah. do that. Yeah. And when did you decide to take a break? Like what was your, you graduated at what, 22? I'm assuming. Yeah. Then you went pro. And then I went, it was like a few months in, I was like playing pro tournaments, but like I didn't have a training base. I was winging it pretty much. Like I wasn't doing a full, full on pro situation. Yeah, I think I took it seriously in 2020. And then- Were there tournaments going on during COVID? There were some, yeah. Like for a bit, there wasn't for a few months. And then we started having tournaments again. And then we have to get like COVID tested every time. It was like this whole thing. It was so, it was like crazy during that time. But I really started taking it seriously. I think it was like two years ago. I had like, I really tried to make it and was trying to be super focused with like how I was handling things. But like I said, there's so many factors that go into to making it as a pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and. Okay, so I asked this last time, and I know that there's like a range, but what is everything you have to pay for? And like, what is an average cost? Like, let's yeah. say you have to go play a tournament in California. Like, yeah. what's the average cost that that is going to put you in? Because you have to pay for everything yourself. Yeah. So, like I was saying, it varies. A lot of people, they plan tournaments depending on location, like how close they are, if they can get housing. But like, if there's a pro tournament, I live in Miami, I would want to play a tournament that's closer or if I can find housing then like a tournament in Florida find housing so I don't have to pay for a hotel I would drive there and rather than play a tournament in California where I have to pay for flights mm-hmm. like 300 one way or average each way pay for a hotel it just varies but for a year I'd say like the cheapest way to do it and I would say without a coach you would be spending like at least 100k on like everything without a co- and, and this cheap, is like super cheap cheap without a coach yeah that's crazy yeah and can, is it easy to get sponsors no that's insane. no so you kind of like it's a lot 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, unless you're literally like super top, like someone like Coco Goff or someone that's like you're young and then you have like so much potential. But it's it's hard to find sponsors to sponsor like an individual. It's a risk. I mean, because you're what can they really get out of it unless Mm -hmm. you're like on TV all the time. I don't know. There's like this whole thing. But yeah, it's tough to find sponsors. Luckily, that's why I played. I play um, half Vietnamese. So I have a dual citizenship and I I have a sponsor in Vietnam. So that helped. But it's still like even with that, it's tough. Yeah, that's crazy. That's tennis is such a rich sport then. Yeah. Like it's you have to have the money. Yeah. Even like to train at IMG, like like your dad. Well, you remember he mentioned it yesterday. Now it's way more expensive. But for players to train there, I want to say it's like maybe average like 80K or 70K to train there each year that's crazy yeah my dad yesterday my dad loves tennis and he plays like every single week he's gonna play chanel tomorrow yeah <laughs> he got so into it oh, so into it it was like oh, like his dream was to go to img when he moved to the u.s because he had to do his senior year in the u.s so it would have only been for one year maybe two if he extended it but yeah it was just like way too expensive and he was like it's I so expensive my dad came here with zero dollars to his name so yeah i like, could not do that yeah Unless they see like a potential in you or you have some kind of results, it's tough to get a scholarship. But for me, because I mean, I was top in junior tennis, I was able to get like free training, but that's just training. Then you have the travel part and the coaching part. That's crazy. Yeah. And so when did you take a break? So you started playing again at 22 when you graduated. Yeah. And now you're on. So right now I'm on my break. I was going, I went through some traumatic stuff recently, like, like a year and a half ago, two years ago. And it was like too much for me to, for my mental health to just travel, especially on my own, to do everything on my own and then like be losing money on top of it. So I just made the decision that I needed like a break. And I mean, we'll see if I'll I'll go back to pro tennis right now. People are like, it hurts my heart to say this, but people are making more money in pickleball. Yeah, pickleball is taking over. I have friends that are like top, former top 10 in the world that are signed contracts for pickleball because there's, that's where the money is now. So. And if it's not as hard as tennis, yeah, then like it's easier on your body. Yeah. So I don't know. There's lots of that. Um, and then maybe if I have a my sponsor can work things out in Vietnam, you never know. But I'm just like I said, I, I'm trusting God's plan, what he has for me. And I did that for my like I had a traumatic thing that happened two years ago, which brought me closer to my faith and just trusting in his plan. And since I have done that, I've met like amazing people and. I feel like I wouldn't have met like you guys or like any of the people I have now, the life I live now, if it weren't for that event to happen. So, yeah. yeah. And how has your like, I know that you said that obviously you got closer to your faith. And yeah, since that's happened, do you think that that has also helped like changed your the way that you play too? like, did you have that when you were growing up and playing or is that does that make more of a difference now? It, it makes a huge difference before I was playing. Obviously, like I was playing for myself and and I, that put a lot of pressure on me and, and my family. But just knowing that, like playing with your mindset that like God's given me this talent and to use my platform to to spread his word or like just I don't know, I'm playing for him. It's definitely changed my mindset and it's made me more like grateful for things. And I just feel so much better about my life being a Christian athlete. Yeah, 100%. That's awesome. And I wish I I had that. I knew more about this stuff like when I was in the juniors. But what would you tell yourself or anyone else that's now 
you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, they're kind of going down your same trajectory where they're going pro. What advice do you wish you had or what would you tell like the younger generation growing up? I would definitely, definitely say like take care of your mindset and like have your specific goals down. Know who you're surrounding yourself with. Still like try to have fun with it. Keep that balance. But I think honestly, I think the main thing is your mindset. It's so important. And if you can control that and be like super positive about everything, but have like a, that growth mindset, I think you can improve so much faster. And, and it just makes a huge difference on how you can play on the court, but all, also off the court. Like I think little things matter. Just taking care of your mindset, I think. That's what I personally yeah. tell like the younger generation. I love that. and you, know- Which is why I'm writing that book. Yes, Noah's writing a book right now, which is insane. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. And she also posts such great, like, tennis tips and, like, tennis content on TikTok. And you're, like, oh, yeah, growing so a lot. I, yeah, pe- people, like, love to learn. And I tennis is tough because it's, like, I wish I could be there with people to show them. I love giving feedback. And I'm, like, a tennis geek. I've trained all over the world with the best coaches. So I'm, like, okay, I'm just going to – I need to, like, put this information out there. And TikTok's been – I mean – it's a platform where people like you can learn a lot of stuff there. And so I just started posting, I want to say consistently, like three months ago, I started, but I honestly need to get back on it. But it's funny. You've grown a ton though. I feel like you've grown a lot on Instagram I've been, too. Yeah, from TikTok, but also like yeah. pickleball. I have like a lot of pickleball fans from my really? videos. So like both. And then I, I'm going to tap into paddle. But honestly, pickleball, I've been getting a lot of followers from that. I don't know. Because it's like blowing up right now. That's crazy. I need to play with you. Please. I'm not good, but I need to please. It's so good. Also, it's like tennis, paddle, and pickle are like all good for networking. Like, I literally play these sports to make friends. So friendly. That's so fun. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay. (laughs) Well, all right. Where can they find you? So follow you, get all your content, and when is your book gonna be out? I'm gonna launch it probably within the next month. I'd say it's gonna be self. Yeah. Yes. And you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram. It's Chanel Z, C-H-A-N-E-L-L-E-Z-I-E. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks, Chanel. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey, my name is Lovan Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.